This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Thursday, August 25th, 2022. Hope your week has been going well as we have head in for yet another weekend, which means it's probably a good time to remind you about our conference. Folks, our upcoming Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is six weeks away from happening in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. Don't miss Beer and Psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, which includes George Gilder, Jared Longshore, Pastor Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Pastor Toby, and we can't say yet. Also, we've got a big announcement at this year's conference. So, that's it, it, about next year's conference. Can't say yet, but you'll, you'll want to be there for it. Also, don't miss our awesome vendors, meeting new friends, and stuff for the kids, too, like jumpy castles and accidental infant baptisms. Also, did you know you can save money by signing up for a club membership? So go to fightlaughfeast.com and sign up for a club membership today, and then register for that conference with that club discount. We can't wait to fellowship, sing psalms, and celebrate God's goodness in Knoxville, October 6th through the 8th. All right, let's get to the news today. Remember how I mentioned Biden was considering some student loan forgiveness? Well, he followed through. Biden announces plans for student debt relief. On Wednesday, President Joe Biden formally announced the cancellation of $10,000 of student loan debt per borrower and stressed the importance of higher education despite skyrocketing tuition costs. He did not address lowering tuition costs or that it may be unfair to borrowers who paid their loans despite who paid off their loans despite difficulties without forgiveness. Now it's time to address the burden of student debt in the same way. Working closely with the Secretary of Education, he's got the hard job, you know, Secretary Cardona. Here's what my administration is going to do to provide more breathing room for people so they have less burdened by student debt. And quite frankly, to fix the system itself, which when we came in, we both acknowledged was broken in terms of, anyway. There are three key factors what we're going to do today. First, we've made incredible progress advancing America's economic recovery. We've wound down pandemic relief programs like the ones on unemployment insurance and small businesses. It's time we do the same thing for student loans. Student loan payment pause is going to end. It's going to end December 30. I'm extending to December 31st, 2022, and it's going to end at that time. It's time for the payments to resume. Second, my campaign for president, I made a commitment I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief, and I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. In addition, students who come from low-income families, which allowed them to qualify to receive a Pell Grant, will have their debt reduced $20,000. Both of these targeted actions are for families who need it the most. Working and middle-class people hit especially hard during the pandemic, making under $125,000 a year. You make more than that, you don't qualify. No high-income individual or high-income household on top of the 5% in the top 5% of incomes, by the way, will benefit from this action period. In fact, about 90% of the, of the, uh, the eligible beneficiaries make under $75,000 a family. Here's what that means. 
If you make under $125,000, you get $10,000 knocked off your student debt. If you make under $125,000 a year and you received a Pell Grant, you'll get an additional $10,000 knocked off that total for a total of $20,000 relief. Ninety-five percent of the borrowers can benefit from these actions. That's 43 million people. Of the 43 million, over 60 percent are Pell Grant recipients. That's 27 million people who will get $20,000 in debt relief. Nearly 45 percent can have their student debt fully canceled. That's 20 million people who can start getting on with their lives. All this means people can start, finally crawl out from under that mountain of debt to get on top of their rent and their utilities, to finally think about buying a home or starting a family or starting a business. And by the way, when this happens, the whole economy is better off. In the coming weeks, the Department of Education will lay out in detail a short and simple form to apply for this relief, along with information when this application process opens. By resuming student loan payments at the same time as we provide targeted relief, we're taking an economically responsible course. And as a consequence, about $50 billion a year will start coming back into the, the Treasury because of resumption of debt. Independent experts agree that these actions taken together will provide real benefits for families without meaningful effect on inflation. Biden said that around 90% of those that would qualify for the relief make under $75,000 per year. In addition to the initial $10,000 that received Pell Grants, they would qualify and receive an additional $10,000 in cancellation debt, coming to a total of twenty dollars he, he stressed that 95% of borrowers would benefit from these actions, and of the 43 million borrowers that would have debt canceled, roughly 60% of those 27 million people are Pell Grant borrowers. Nearly 45% of people who took out federal student loans would have the entirety of their federal student loans canceled under this action. In his third point, Biden said that his administration would be fixing the student loan program system itself. I'm sure you guys heard it in that video. Students would have their payments capped at 5% of their discretionary income for loan payments, down from 10%. He also said that after 20 years, a borrower's payment obligation would be reached and no further payment would be required. Biden has also said his administration would be fixing the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, which encourages graduates to pursue public service in exchange for forgiven loans. These fields include teaching, law enforcement, charity work, and military service, and those that serve in these positions and make loan payments for 10 years would have the remainder of their balance forgiven. After concluding his speech, Biden only addressed one question from the press regarding whether he had advance notice of the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. Questions regarding the fairness of the student loan debt cancellation for those who had repaid their loans already were not answered. Before we move on, though, Biden, according to Nancy Pelosi last year, Biden lacks authority for student debt handout. Last year, Pelosi poured cold water on the idea of saying that such a move was something reserved for an act of Congress, not the executive. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That, would, that has to be an act of Congress. 
And um, uh, I, I, w I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that Im implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. Get just freeing people from those obligations. Uh, so it, 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 the question of who gets forgiven, whether, to use the term of art that is out there, uh, is, a, is a debate. Do we use the, whatever money there is for the broadest base of support of the, those with um, more people with even less debt or fewer people with more debt? That's a policy discussion. But the difference between the president doing the president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. They, not everybody realizes that, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive. Her statements were in sharp contrast to those of Senator Schumer, who claimed that the president could do such a sweeping move with, quote, the flick of a pen. All right, enough about this debt forgiveness. Let's head to California, because California can't stay out of the news. California likely to ban sales of gas-powered cars by 2035. California this week is likely to enact a major rule to ban the sale of gas-powered cars in the state by 2035, multiple media outlets reported on Wednesday. The regulation is expected to be handed down by the state's California Air Resources Board, which is set to vote on the matter on Thursday. Currently, 12% of cars sold in California are required to be fossil fuel free. Estimates put the number of fully electric cars on the road in the U.S. at just under 1%. 1%. California is estimated to have nearly 30 million drivers registered within the state. Supporters of the law praised its ambitious goals. Quote, the climate crisis is solvable if we focus on the big, bold steps necessary to stem the tide of carbon pollution, Governor Gavin Newsom told media in a statement. We need to become God. No, he didn't say that, but that's what he's trying to do. Margot Ogue, an electric vehicles expert who has worked in the EPA under multiple presidential administrations, told the New York Times that the development was, quote, huge. Yeah, uh, I bet a lot of businesses are going to be leaving California, you know, but I'm sure that's not in Newsom's calculations. Uvalde families to file $27 billion civil suit against police, gunmaker over school shooting. The families of the victims and survivors of the Robb Elementary School massacre in Uvalde, Texas, are preparing to file a massive lawsuit against the local and state police, uh, the shop, and the shop that sold gunman Salvador Ramos, his weapon, and the manufacturer who made the gun. Attorney Charles Bonner announced Sunday that he would be filing a $27 billion civil rights lawsuit against the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Department. School Police Chief Pete Arenando, Sheriff's Office, the Texas Rangers, the Texas Department of Public Safety, Border Patrol, the Uvalde Independent School District School Board, the Uvalde City Council, and the City of Uvalde. All of them are included in this lawsuit. Also listed in the lawsuit are gun manufacturer Daniel Defense and Oasis Outback, where Ramos bought the gun. Quote, people have a right to life under the 14th Amendment, and what we've seen here is that law enforcement agencies have shown a deliberate, conscious disregard of that life. Honor told KSAT. Everyone in this world are hurting and bleeding about what is happening here in Uvalde, and it's up to us to make sure it doesn't happen again. 19 students and two teachers were gunned down inside their classrooms on May 24th 
as hundreds of police officers poured into the school and stood by as the gunmen laid waste to the school. Arredondo, the on-the-scene commander, was placed on unpaid leave in late June, and the school superintendent has recommended he to be fired. The 376 responding officers failed to prioritize saving the lives of innocent victims over their own safety, according to the report. Bonner said he is preparing to file the lawsuit in September. Moving on, not so long ago, the American dream was alive and well. Employees who worked hard were rewarded, and employers looked for people who could just do the job, not for people who had the right political views. Redballoon.work is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses successful. Free speech, hard work, and having fun. If you're a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work, not their identity politics, then hey, just post a job to Red Balloon. If you're an employee who's being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist and it changes every day, post your resume on Red Balloon and look for a new job. Redballoon.work, the job site where free speech is still alive. www.redballoon.work All right, back to our good old federal government. Federal government imposes first-of-its-kind fee on greenhouse gas emissions. We talked about the electric cars earlier in this brief, and, well, now we're on to the entire federal government imposing this kind of thing. Hidden deep within the over 700 pages of the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act, IRA, is a new, a brand new provision intended to give the Environmental Protection Agency, or the EPA, power to cut greenhouse gas, GHG, emissions. Specifically, the IRA establishes the Methane Emission Reduction Program under a new section in the Clean Air Act following the EPA to impose a fee on certain climate pollutions. Importantly, this is the first time the federal government has ever imposed a fee on any GHG emission and is part of Congress's effort to bolster the EPA's power to address the climate crisis. We, I mean, we've seen the IRS hire 87,000 new Asian, uh, agents. we got to work on the EPA now. In June, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in West Virginia v. Environmental Protection Agency that the EPA didn't have the authority under the Clean Air Act or the Clean Power Plan to essentially force power plants to transition towards more wind and solar. Moreover, SCOTUS determined that the in- interpretive question raised under the Clean Power Plan fell under the Major Questions Doctrine, which states that Congress must make a clear statement if it wants to delegate authority on this breadth to regulate a fundamental sector of the economy. Notably, the ruling expressly limited the EPA's ability to regulate carbon emissions from power plants, which President Joe Biden called devastating. Biden further added that he planned to find ways that we can, under federal law, continue protecting Americans from harmful pollution, including pollution that causes climate change. Oh, boy. The IRA includes several tax credits, incentives, and grants totaling $369 billion for energy security and climate change investments. And above investments include over $1.5 billion to the EPA for grants, rebates, contracts, loans, and other activities to reduce GHG emissions in the natural gas and oil sector. Methane is the primary component of natural gas, and the EPA reports that methane emissions accounted for 11% of total U.S. GHG emissions in 2020. Carbon dioxide, CO2, accounted for 79%. Further, Biden made it clear that by 2030, he wants GHG emissions reduced by 40% compared to 2005 levels, and reduction levels of that amount require significant transformation. 
The IRA's passage and its implementation of methane charge put Biden's goals within reach. Indeed, the Department of Energy reports that thanks to the IRA, the United States will not only meet the 40% reduction goal, but exceed it as it now projects GHG emissions at 50 to 52% below the 2005 levels. Interestingly, according to the EPA, the primary source for methane emissions isn't natural gas or oil, it's livestock. Hear that, farmers? We're coming for you. Before we go today, we got to wrap up with sports, right? My favorite topic. And we're going to go to uh, the drama man himself, Kevin Durant in the NBA. Kevin Durant moving forward with the Nets after trade demand saga. Kevin Durant is staying put in Brooklyn. And the Nets aren't just running it back for a year. They're together for the long term. Nets general manager Sean Marks said in a statement Tuesday that after a face-to-face to clear the air, the Nets and Durant, who'd first requested a trade, then the firing of Marks and coach Steve Nash in order to stay, are moving forward. That won't be awkward. Together to chase the franchise's first ever NBA championship. The highly placed Nets source amplified that this was not simply a case of cajoling Durant to stay for the upcoming season to take a final all-or-nothing shot at a title with Kyrie Irving before trading him next summer. No, Durant could always make another heel turn. All parties left the meeting at least expecting this to be a long-term marriage, albeit one with plenty to work through. The Post had reported weeks ago that Durant was trending towards being present at training camp, which starts September 27th. But after this meeting, the Nets expect Durant to fulfill the four-year, $198 million extension he signed late August that kicks in this upcoming season. It remains to be seen how much reconciliation is needed between Durant and the men he tried to get fired. It should also be noted that he went from inking a deal without a no-trade clause or trade kicker a year ago to requesting a trade in June, from wanting his GM and coach fired two weeks ago to supposedly buying in now. Drama brings to mind the summer of 2007 episode when Kobe Bryant went on L.A. radio and requested a trade from the Lakers. But after testing the market and finding nothing to approximate the all-time great, the Lakers held on to him and reached the finals that following season with Bryant winning the MVP. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, share it far and wide. If you'd like to sign up for a club membership, sign up for our conference in Knoxville, or sign up for our magazine, you can do all of that at FightLaughBeast.com. And as always, if you'd like to send me a news story, ask about our conference, or become a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, you can email me at Garrison at FightLaughBeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Harding. Have a great day, and Lord bless.